When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Alex, how are you holding up? Go oh, good, man. I'm all, I'm, I'm grooving now. Cool. I was, I was editing till about 1230 last night. Oh man. Hey, appreciate you getting our, uh, main feed episode up as well. A couple people were like, where's the episode? Like there. Yeah. Wait, what? What's this? Just people knocking at our door first thing in the morning about uh the episode i mean it's oh. a good problem to have you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. but like just like give me a second to think about it <laughs> it's not exactly in my cue zone <laughs> out of paper out of stock there's friendly faces around the block break loose from the chains that are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly, for your business paper needs, or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people, Dundamip, then the people purses paper people, Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and director of Office Supplies, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, Jamaican Jan, son, princess. <laughs> and and with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. You remember last week when that girl went missing? Gets his candles, <laughs> they used for the vigil. <laughs> Every yeah, week they found we her. To... Oh, they found her? <laughs> <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week we'll... Uh, Spend a lot of time on our main topic, and then we'll head to some listener-provided trivia to end the show. Uh, but for this week's main topic, she took me back. She took. I'm going to take that again. <laughs> for this week's main topic, she took me by the hand. She made me a man. Jan Levinson, I presume. <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Vice President of Sales at Dunder Mifflin, aka Jan Levinson Gould. A.K.A. Lan Jevinson, <laughs> A.K.A. Jasmine Winsong, Urkel Grew, Ice Queen, Godzillary, Hillary Rodham Clinton, uh, as Michael refers to her. In the pilot, yeah. <laughs> uh, played by the great Melora Hardin. Uh, Melora Hardin was, is an Emmy-nominated actress for her role in Transparent. She's the daughter of two actors. She's been on and great... The aunt, and the aunt of James Harden. Oh, <laughs> no, that's it. No. <laughs> uh, uh, she's been on great shows like Monk. She's been on Broadway in Chicago, the musical. She's had a, a, a bit of a singing career, too. She's uh, saying... As Jasmine Winsong? <laughs> she's singing movies and uh, and uh, has sang a couple national anthems for some hockey games. So, oh, wow. Uh, just, like, uh, just like Jan Lennon. Scranton Wilkes-Barre Penguins, I heard. The hostages are under the stadium. Yeah. Uh, I, mix, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if in the show Jan had had sang the anthem for those for those hockey games. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Sold her candles at the stadium. She also, uh, Melora Harden, released a album of Doris Day covers under her own label. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I think, I think one it, thing that's significant about this episode is that we let our Scott's Thoughts Patreon oh, patrons yeah, choose that. this topic. We said, yes. you know, we set up a poll for which uh, which character should be our next uh, focus, and they voted on Jan. Let me pull up the results of that poll, mm-hmm. actually. So uh, thank you because... uh, to all of our patrons and everyone who voted. Yes, I, we'll probably keep doing this with other when we have uh, like you know four or five options for next episodes, and uh, y'all get to choose them. At least our our tots do. But what they don't uh, know they, is that we get to choose who you get to vote for. So it'll be yeah, like course. James yeah, P. Albini, <laughs> Rolf, Trevor. We had a, Toby and Jan were in a dead heat for days, uh, locked in. They kept going back and forth. Jan pulled away in the end in the last uh, last 500 meters of the 5K. Uh, Toby Toby gave up. but That's very fitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nelly came in third. Todd Packer in a distant fourth. Nelly, uh, oh, that'll be a fun one. But then the people in the comments, our tots, started pulling for Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration. So oh, that'd be interesting. interesting. We'll have to get him okay. in, the, in the mix on the next vote. We'll join the conversation. Uh, join us on Patreon. Become a Scott's Tot. Quick note before we go, too. We're having, uh, or not we, but our neighbors are having that god-awful tree of heaven removed, finally. Mm. From our backyard, oh, from backyard, which is a giant tree that it stinks and drops debris everywhere, uh-huh. and it's a weed, mm-hmm. and it's so. Anyways, chainsaws are happening in the background, so you might hear that. But I think that's kind of fitting for <laughs> this topic. It feels like uh, Jan's a bit of a chainsaw when it comes to to Michael. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, I am now cutting off Phyllis' head know. with a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to play that. Damn it. I am now chopping <laughs> off Phyllis's head with a chainsaw. <laughs> Uh, Jan Levinson, um, uh, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> welcome sir- to the Utica Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Jan is an extremely, uh, complex character within the show. Um, yes. I'm really excited to, uh, talk about her and discuss her. Um, I think people are pretty torn on whether or not she's a villain or, or a victim. Uh, much like the YouTube video I watched to prep for this, <laughs> titled Villain or Victim by The Take. <laughs> that's right. Uh, gotta... That's a good place to start, like the, the bird's eye view of Jan. I mean, what did you discover f- uh, from, your, from your YouTube? <laughs> your exhaustive YouTube research. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't work for days. <laughs> um, well, I think within the show, a lot of people... Portray. Oh, everybody, Oscar found a reason to look on WebMD. <laughs> Thank you for that. I I, I think, uh, you know, within the show, a lot of people um, consider her a villain. You, I mean, like in her introduction in the pilot, you get Todd Packer calling her the Ice Queen um, over the phone. Um, and that's sort of how everyone seems to see her. They see her as cold and um, intimidating. Well, Todd and Michael are the only perspectives we really get on Jan in the first couple seasons. True. Uh, Todd Packer, we cannot we cannot take his opinion with any amount of credit or validity um, as I, he's a terrible man. And yeah. Michael is afraid of Jan. And I think it's... I think she's unfairly cast as a villain early because it's it's sort of that thing. Like, if she was a man and acted the way she did, she'd be like, wow, strong boss, knows what he wants, good leader. But I think in the world of The Office, especially with Todd, who then influences how Michael thinks, it's like, oh, she's a bitch. Um, when really she's, you know, at least early on in the show, she is uh, tasked with being in charge of Michael Scott, which is not an easy job. Exactly. She is given a very impossible task, which is to deal with Michael. We do get opinions from uh, the other members of the office staff, specifically um, in the episode Boys and Girls. And this is after uh, the events of, in The Client, where uh, where Michael and Jan make out. Um, and so that seems to color everyone's opinions on Jan. I think for me personally, when I was reviewing this or prepping for this episode, what I kind of saw is Jan is in a way kind of a metaphor for the, the corporate structure. Like at the mm. beginning of the show, there's this big threat of downsizing, but corporate seems very, you, we have no reason to not trust corporate. And then Jan shows herself to be like, she has these moments where uh, she has these lapses in judgment, maybe where she like makes out with Michael or whatever it is. Um, and then later on, as the show progresses, we have no reason to believe in anything that corporate does. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I I definitely think that uh, Jan is uh, she's portrayed as a villain in a lot of ways, but she is a victim. I mean, there's a lot of uh, toxicity and uh, and misogyny within Dunder Mifflin, and Jan is very much the brunt of that. Um, or, or I mean, yeah, when you the meet brunt all the other regional managers, it's just like, oh my gosh, yeah, that does not seem like a group that would uh, would treat Jan well or not think and, of her well. And yes, the regional managers for sure, but like even the people in the office. I mean, the um, I don't think that like the women really like her that much. They all joke about her hooking up with Michael. Uh, Kelly makes that joke to Jan's face in the conference room. Like, so if, you know, Michael says he got to second base with you, did you guys like get it, make a deal or something? Mm -hmm. Um, and they all kind of literal wink to to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the, um, the way that everyone distributes the photo of her, uh, her like nude photo from Jamaica, uh, even Daryl, you know, it, it, it doesn't cross anyone's mind that it's like, Oh, we shouldn't be looking at this guys. This is not like everybody's in on the joke and thinks it's funny. And you looked in my journal and <laughs> photocopied it and distributed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They distribute Robert's list, but they do, they distribute a naked picture of Jan. I mean, it's really over mm-hmm. the line and, and look, Let's let's be clear here. I mean, Jan goes over the line too. She should not be hooking up with a subordinate. Like, that's totally inappropriate. What she does, kissing Michael in the parking lot of Chili's, that is not appropriate at all. She is her. She yeah. is his boss. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. I'm I'm just saying. Yes, she is a victim, but she also <laughs> she she displays a pattern of of inappropriate behavior as well. Uh, and I think this comes down to what we get to later in seasons, which is I think she. There's a lot of pressure on her. There's a lot of people who don't treat her well, but she also kind of treats herself like she's a villain in a way. Like she she doesn't, I think her self-care is not great. And I think we get snippets of this, especially in cocktails when she's talking about like her therapist and, you know, she's like, hey, you should chase some of the things that make you feel good. And for some reason, Michael fe- makes her feel good, at least for a while. And so she does chase that. But again, I think in the first place, um, uh, having initiating a relationship with with an employee and then one of your employees and keeping it secret for so long that's not a good that's not a good thing that a boss should do uh, if you're a man or a woman doesn't matter that's true i I think villain or victim is a little is almost i think it's too binary for jan i think jan is way more complex than that and i would also i also think that like one big thing that happens with jan um you know we we've it was something i picked up on as well was that like they, they the show really does seem to use her mental health as like a joke a lot of the time, you know? Right. Um, like, Jan is crazy. That's, like, the, a joke that they tend to make again and again, um, which is, yeah, I think, when, a little when, unfortunate, in you know, in hindsight. Um, Karen says, like, you feel bad for her to Jim? Mm-hmm. Like, she's, don't. She's crazy. But, you know, one thing I think about Jan is that she is so capable that, yes. like, when she turns that on herself and is self-destructive, it goes way too, it goes really far, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Obviously, she's done a lot to ascend to this corporate position, this high-level position. And you talk about, like, a boys' club. There's no one else at the board level or anyone who's ever portrayed as a female character in the mm-hmm. shareholder meeting, even though Jan's not with the company at that point. Like, that room is all is all men, you know. And so she, she's very capable, but then when she turns that on herself and does engage in self-destructive behavior, like, it goes very far. And it, it really, like, um, like, when she wants to waste time, as David Wallace says... Um, you smoke in your office constantly. You spend all day online shopping. You go to Scottsdale far too often. You go to Scranton way too much. So uh, there, there's elements of that that happen when she when she does that, you know. But like yeah. there are moments when she's so competent, and she does that again by raising to the level of uh, what Scranton white pages, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think that that's that's one thing about Jan that I that stood out to me watching this. She she goes after what she wants and she gets it. You know, she dresses for the job she wants, not the job she has. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, by the end of the show, it certainly circles back to that, where it's like she wants to be a mother. She does that. She gets her career back. She gets her life back. Um, you know, I think Michael Scott. Uh, she that was a that was a difficult relationship and a, t- a tough time for her. Not, <laughs> not forget coming off the heels of a what sounds like a pretty complicated, messy divorce. 
Yeah, that's one interesting thing is how to what extent Michael factors into the self-destruction, you know, like, does he is he like, does he accelerate it? Does he does he is he does he mitigate it? Because he offers to, you know, you can stay at my place and go to his grand. She says, no, 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 this could work. I can wear stretchy pants to be there when you get home at 515. <laughs> so, like, to what it, They you know, want such yeah. vastly different things. Yeah. <laughs> when they first come together, it's just, it was never going to work. Mm-hmm. Michael's just desperate for any amount of affection that will lead to the white picket fence life. And as Jan says, she's collapsing in on herself like a dying star. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So... Yeah, she's she's a very complicated character, and like, yeah, honestly, for the, at least for the first few seasons, I mean, she's such a huge part of the plot. She's such a huge part of what makes Michael gives him motivation and doesn't, and make the decisions he makes. And she's very involved early on, and and that comes out of you know a little bit. I mean, this is established in early in the BBC office, but there, uh, David Brent's boss is a female, very strong woman who also is. You know, he does not take her seriously sometimes because he's also he's very misogynistic. And Mm -hmm. uh, that DNA is carried over into this version of the office. And season one, Jan is all business, man. She's great. She's like not putting up with Michael and um, that (laughs) he slowly breaks that down and it it uh, it crumbles pretty quickly. You have these very clear moments where Jan is giving Michael a very direct sort of directive or direct directive of something very specific that he has to do. Pick a healthcare plan who fire someone, you know, mm-hmm. and Michael just writhes under that and he can't execute what he has to do from the corporate side. Like that mm-hmm. is so much of the tension um, in the early. Jan seasons. just needs that name, Michael. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I just, I think that um, you get snippets of it, but I think that Jan is dealing with like insubordination and, and misogyny on uh, from all directions while she's yes. working at Dunder Mifflin. Yes. And so, I think that, you know, the idea that it's like, oh, well, like, you know, it's her mental health. She's just crazy. She can't take the stress of it. I think I think there's an argument for it's Dunder Mifflin drove her crazy. Like, it's just a it's it's such a America, man. Yeah. (laughs) DMI, which stands for dummies, morons and idiots. It's not a well run company. It's not a good place Mm -hmm. for Jane. Look at what it did to Ryan in one year. (laughs) Much yeah. less Jan in her career. There you I mean, go. one year that dude went from, you know, doing coke and high rises in New York to working at a bowling alley. There you go. Ryan, 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 Ryan. <laughs> Love the beard. Keep it forever. I think another thing too that they they kind of layer in there is that when um, Jan talks about after her, um... whoops. <laughs> you are so right. You are so right. <laughs> nice. When she's driving back with Michael, she mentions that the pain medications after her uh, right her boob job really caused these crazy mood swings too. So you layer right. on that element as well. Like that's there's just a lot going on, uh, a lot going on with her. But I think that's a really interesting point that Dunder Mifflin drove her crazy. I hadn't thought about it in that sort of a term before. You would you think Michael alone maybe, but <laughs> maybe it's yeah. the rest of the corporate structure as well. Sure. Like you've got that from the corporate side, and then you have Michael as your boss or as a, as your employee. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention what we see from Craig is uh, similarly yeah. hard to manage. Uh, oh, I mean, but, I mean yeah. that see and and like let's just talk about that scene briefly because it's like I mean Michael should be fired after that. Craig certainly should be fired after that. I don't know if he is. I hope he. I don't think we ever see him again or hear from him again. Do you mean for the joke that he makes, Michael? When the- he is it Craig who's like it, it's Craig who's like well God like you know. Maybe I should have slept with you too. Yeah. Well, so like, yeah. Michael Michael makes the joke. Craig or um, excuse me. So Michael has the video, but he does have the numbers, and Craig doesn't just have he doesn't have anything, you know. Right. Right. And but and then, Jan just Jan just kind of mentions like, um, this is not a good look for you and the survival of your branch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There and is a great Craig, mm-hmm. Michael Jan moment where uh, that reminds me. And, and sorry if I'm taking it away, but. 
in um, the Ben Franklin episode where he calls to confess that he went to a bachelor party at work. And he's like, so you're not mad at me? And she's like, I'm closer to firing you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, just like, if you just look at that little interaction as maybe an example of what Jan has to deal with all the time, which is just a room full of guys who don't get it, who make jokes, who think it's no big deal. And, um, you know, she just keeps moving forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing that happens in the first three seasons with her, and again, this is more tied to Dunder Mifflin also driving her crazy, is almost like every time she allows herself to be happy or allows herself to let her hair down a little bit, she seems to, something goes wrong or she gets hurt in mm-hmm. some way. Um, I mean, notably, obviously in The Client, like that great... Michael makes that sale and they she spends hours at Chili's waiting for it to happen. It finally does. She's she's overjoyed when it does, but you know, reacts to it by, you know, making out with Michael. Um and that leads to Michael getting hurt and eventually Jan getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Then casino night, I mean Carol's there, she shows up, she has her overnight bag, that doesn't work. It's like she oh, yeah. she's like, you know, maybe I'll go and maybe I'll just see what happens and she allows herself that and then it's just like, oh, now there's this other woman here. Michael's being you know, Michael's got two queens on Casino Night. Uh, that's a hand she doesn't want a part of. This this just continues sort of on and on. Um, There's into a, the convention, into the coup. I mean, all this this just keeps happening to her over and over again. At the end of Valentine's Day, when she talks to Michael, there are a lot of Michael saves the day moments, you know, um, the client. And in the Valentine's Day episode as well, where he mm-hmm. appeals to David Wallace. And Jan's like, you can't be serious. He goes, sure. Uh, you know, don't call me Shirley, airplane. And then Michael does make the save with David. Um, not that He calls Craig not the sharpest tool in the shed, although he is a tool. But then Jan is standing at Michael at the elevator, and she kisses him, and she turns and looks back and just looks, sees the camera, and her face falls, and the elevator doors just close on Michael right behind her. <laughs> That's another thing. Like, her, like, Melora Hardin did such a good job with this oh. role. And even like what her small fun, reaction man. faces are so so strong. Like yeah. she's just really great. She's <laughs> she's she must have had a great what a fun role to play. It must have been a great time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I rewatched uh, a few episodes for this, but obviously in the dinner party. Yes. The oh, just the the satisfaction and the deliciousness that she takes when she looks at Pam after oh, she's suspecting Michael. And she's so patient at looking at Pam and smiling and making little, <laughs> just evil little moves on her. And it's just, it's so fun to watch. She does such a good job with it. I love how intimidating she can be. Oh, Like she's wearing... Oh. Spell yeah. her name. Yeah. Spell her name, Pam. A lot a lot of adults can't even spell Astrid. A X, don't patronize me. I hate this. I'm sorry. You're better. You're be- <laughs> spell her name, Pam. Yeah. It's so it's so hardcore. Yeah. And she does uh, she's doing that all through dinner party too. Well, and another like I noticed as well at the client in the in the client when they make the sale, the way that she smiles at Michael is so genuine yes. and so real. And it's yeah. right at the beginning of their uh entanglement i don't know what you want to call it but uh but it's it's just it's such a great scene such a great bit of acting just that look there's there's very few tender moments overall with jan mm-hmm. um at least early on i mean i think we see we see her with astrid later and she's she's a different person by then, money but but in money i mean and that comes out of even at the end of say dinner party when we see her fixing you know the dundee Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's more tender when she sits on the train with Michael. She's um, <laughs> there's there's a few moments like you said making that sale, and of course even a moment in the deposition, um, where she has a couple moments where she's very pleased with Michael that he's you know do, saying the things that she wants him to say. He's above average at many things like ice skating. Mm-hmm. He's a very good ice skater. <laughs> I was I was laughing because when you talk about tender moments, like the nature of being with Michael, whether as a, an employer or an employee or uh, his his partner, is that he's going to ruin it. So even with that tender seat on the train, where she's like, <laughs> you know, great. that is a guy worth staying with. So where's this train going? I think the uh, engineer left. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. I'm, uh, in, I'm yeah. amazed, by the way, at that moment, I'm amazed that he says engineer and not conductor. I feel like Michael would say conductor. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I agree. Like a storybook type understanding of a train. 
one thing that I've been picking up on and rewatching the last few weeks for our episodes is the way that Steve Carell can punctuate Michael moments with breathing in. He just goes, <gasps> or uh, <laughs> like it's hard to it's hard to do it. And I'm like, <gasps> you know, like he know. says, um, "Oh, Toby, what are you doing in here? This is uh, an orientation, not a orientation." Then he looks at the camera, and just, like he breathes in. Like yes. he's like about to start laughing. Like he's giving you that cue. A lot of Jan <laughs> moments are like that, where he's making jokes mm-hmm. with Jan and, and that kind of thing. But, yeah. <laughs> One of the other uh, aspects of Jan that that the writers focus on, and maybe this says even more. This says a lot about just the way a lot of female characters are written. But they focus on her sex life a lot. Like that comes up several times in the show, or sort of the the sort of um, I, I don't know aggressive sexual things that that Jan tends towards i mean even even those latest season nine when clark compares it to having sex with a swarm of bees that always <laughs> find something wrong with a hotel room uh but but even into when they're michael's giving the tour and you see the camera and then in women's appreciation before that uh way before dinner party when michael's trying to break up with jan and starts talking about what goes on uh between the sheets oh, yeah. to, to all the women at the <laughs> office and they're like michael she's being abusive to you and you need to stop yeah um they so have again, the video this... camera in their room correct so again this goes back to this this complexity of jan where it's like she's victimized a lot but she's also uh the, the things that she does to michael are not great and the way that she treats him is pretty abusive uh and i think that might come from the way she's treated a lot and it sort of translates into Michael. I mean, that's what, right. That's the cycle of abuse going on. But, um, that whole scene, uh, recording, playing it back with her therapist to improve his form. Oh, yeah. Doctor. Mean, it's just... <laughs> Who's Dr. Perry. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned Clark. He also says, uh, women, we sh- women reach their sexual peak at whatever age Jan was last week. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Clark, he gave you everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, mental health always felt like I was getting in my own way. And seeing a therapist is something that's been a huge unlock for me. It's been a game changer for me, and I highly, highly recommend it to basically everyone. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Scott, that's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for the Michael Scott Podcast Company listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Scott. That's BetterHelp.com slash S-C-O-T-T. Where's Scott? <laughs> yeah, that was better. Okay, yeah, yeah. We also suspect that Jan uh, and Hunter had a thing, right? Oh, yeah. Her assistant. That that song is about her. That's a that's a that's a oh, fan theory out there. Of course, yeah. I mean, I don't. Oh, it ha- I mean, obviously I don't think it's much yeah. of a theory. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> can I tell night. you? Can I tell you something? This is this is kind yeah. of embarrassing, but I hope it'll make you laugh. For the longest time, instead of that one night, I thought Hunter was singing. That was nice. <laughs> that was nice. That was you nice. Made everything all right. <laughs> That was nice. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but- <laughs> oh my god, the hug she gives Hunter when yeah. she's fired from Dunder Mifflin. Good luck with your band. Don't ever let them change you. Don't let them change you. Yeah. <laughs> then she just flips them off. Mm-hmm. The the interplay between Michael and Jan is just is just the best. I you, rewatching the early episodes to get to try to get a sense of how Jan came in at the beginning of the show. It was I thought to myself, like the funniest thing they could have done with this from a writing perspective is to have her 
become involved with Michael romantically yeah. because she's so exhausted by him so often yes. <laughs> that like it's really funny to have that same dynamic happen in a romantic relationship like in the cocktails episode when um he's like they're just on totally different pages when they're in the car and he makes and she makes that call am I on speakerphone <laughs> no mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um or when she drags him into the bathroom and she's yeah. like just 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 just, just, just. <laughs> no no means please don't I know. Being inappropriate, yeah. Yeah, there's, there you go, right there. She's, I thought this is where you liked your alone time. I know. <laughs> uh, hey, this is so. This is the moment for that clip. So I sent this to Alex and Shaw because oh, I don't yeah. think they're familiar. When Michael says, "I love this woman," mm-hmm. it's a reference yeah. to this diamond commercial from a couple years prior. Oh, I'm almost okay. positive. Oh yeah, from 2004. Yeah. Oh, I didn't we know that. To it? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I'm so excited. Happy guys. anniversary. Yeah, happy anniversary. There's something I gotta do. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what? Uh, I love this woman! I love her! What are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Then I guess this will have to do. <laughs> I love this man. Oh, God. I love him. I love him. I love him. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, so he's he shouts so, it out, and then she's like, "Stop! What are you doing?" And only he, only Alex could watch the video because I sent it to him so he could play it through our headphones. Yeah, um, I'll send it to you too, Shot. If they're okay. like in a square, yeah, they, it like, appears they're on in a, Italy or something. There's like a lot of Europe pigeons vacation. around. There's a lot yeah. of birds. Yeah, and uh, uh, the guy <laughs> goes, "I love this woman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm almost positive that's what Michael is referencing. Oh, guaranteed, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's yeah. so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I guess this will have to do. And pulls the pulls a pulls a diamond ring out, just raw out of his pocket. No, no case. Um, <laughs> I uh, ruined that gift. Jeez. She's like, stop! What are you doing? <laughs> this is good. It's good for me that I get to use my two thousands references. <laughs> yeah, oh four. Yeah, oh four. Yeah. I love that. I'm still discovering the things that Michael references. There's he makes so many little pop culture references that are so topical for the time that I'm still learning. I was thinking about uh, in Boys and Girls when he talks about the Ally McBeal woman. Which is like Ally McBeal went off the air in 2002, so 20 years ago now. Wow. <laughs> you know, isn't that wild? Yeah. Wow. Wild stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I love the way that Michael and Jan like frustrate each other and the way that uh, Michael is constantly kind of undercutting Jan, not on purpose, you know, like yeah. when he insists on taking the top down. When you said, you said, Alex, when she decides to let her hair down, I thought you were referring to when they take the top down on Michael's convertible. Oh, yeah. And her no, hair is all messy in the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, tan almost everywhere. Jan almost Jan everywhere. Almost everywhere. Teehee. Oh, diary. The look of true bewilderment when... They're talking about Ryan, who you describe as being just like Jan. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> uh, being just as hot as Jan, but in a different way. <laughs> Jan's <laughs> true confusion. <laughs> yes. Tough times for Jan there. Yeah. You know, uh, I was thinking about this in, um, in the Dunder Mifflin Infinity episode. I think that's when it is. It's at the beginning of season four. When, um, or this moment is when Jan is like, yeah, I get, hope he gets hit with an ageism suit. And Michael's yeah. like, oh, what is that? I really wish there was more of Jan coaching Michael on how to interact with Ryan. I feel like that could have oh, been yeah. a great dynamic of oh, Jan yeah, kind of pulling sure. the strings. There are times, I think there's a deleted scene where she's like, are you reading the Wall Street Journal every day? Like we agreed you would? <laughs> uh, yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. That's that's like when Jim kind of shames Michael for not having a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. Oh, the wall. The wall. <laughs> yeah. I... I mean, speaking of undercutting, I mean, Jan, <laughs> she has undercut a lot and she in turn undercuts Michael several times, most notably uh, not telling Michael when Astrid is born, uh, despite yeah. his very clear interest in that. Now, just she even that she doesn't know Michael anything with that because that was her own thing. But sure. Michael is trying to be so supportive and present because <laughs> that's all he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she does that, I mean, she kind of ends things with Michael with honestly a gift which is basically pushing michael out the door by saying hey don't go out with holly 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the one thing now Michael wants to do because Jan said that, which is sort of echoing what Jan even got into the relationship with Michael in the first place, which is like, you know, when your parents get mad at you about something and like to get them back, you want to do, it do what they tell you not to. That's exactly what she then does to Michael. And yeah. Michael's like goes right into Holly's arms. Yeah. Let's say there's an evil queen and a princess right yes. isn't that her whole thing that she's the <laughs> queen and Michael, the princess yeah. Michael's so lost in that yeah. Illusion. yeah yeah um but no that's i mean that's a really good point is that when michael in in the goodbye toby episode michael is so um he's so enamored with holly he goes and finds yeah. jan and jan is pregnant and you cheated on me when i specifically asked you not to <laughs> he talks about wearing two condoms. <laughs> There's oh my like, god! Uh, yeah, um, and <laughs> then Jan with three the three, the three yeah, yeah. Right. And then Jan says, "If I were 22 and I had time to have a lot of kids, yeah, well, let, why not let Michael have a shot at one? But I need to make this one count." Like she's so, very brutal so, with that yeah. decision making. Yeah, look, she's that's but that's like she's about the bottom line. That was yep. her job. That's what she does. Yes. She mm-hmm. gets results, and <laughs> she's treating her pregnancy the exact same way. <laughs> I don't have time for love. I got to make this count. I think one thing that uh, the baby shower episode kind of illustrates, and, and let me know what you think about this, but like, I feel like she's less crazy and more strange, which is better, you know? Mm. Like, she's just yes. really weird as a mom, like singing the son of a preacher's man and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's not a crazy thing. It's just like a you very strange thing You might have learned shapes <laughs> or blocks or clocks. Or colors. I love, I love the way she sings "Son of a Preacher Man." I'll probably that'll probably be the outro music to this episode if I had to guess. So you can just stick around for that. But nice. when she goes, they're like, "Looking to see how much these grows." Like she goes all the way. The look, that not was to mention his eyes. Not to mention. <laughs> speaking of that, the video she makes from Astrid's perspective singing a song to mommy (laughs) i mean unhinged it's just completely bizarre (laughs) and pam is like what is happening right now that's one of the best one of the best memes of the office is that template oh god yeah sorry i cut you off no it's fine no that's Uh, it okay but just yeah and, and often it's like me telling my friends about the office while we're watching it and then or quoting the office while we're watching it, and then Pam is just kind of horrified on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. the absolute best. Yeah. Yeah. She, she does she, her, 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 her chaos evolves into more peculiarities and ma- mainly just singing. Yeah. And yeah, she's like established herself. She's sort of, it seems like she's made a full on decision of like, I'm not, I don't really want a man in my life. Cause I don't, I don't need it. Don't want it. Not going to be one. It's me and Astrid versus the world. She totally embraces that. Good for her. Um, <laughs> wish she should have done that sooner and you know left the collapse, the charred Michael Scott on the side of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved. You, we're talking about these Astrid songs, and when <laughs> so it's, it's Sex Ed in season seven, yeah. when Michael or Jan just looks him right in the eye and says, "Michael Scott, you want a post mortem?" Yes. Right? You want to take a relationship, see what killed it. Okay, I'm in. And so, yeah. <laughs> you know, they have this long thing. And then, yeah, she goes into the thing about the princess and the queen. Thought about it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and while she's singing the song to Astrid, you might, Michael just goes, I have herpes. Yeah, that's just right. To, just to eject out of the moment. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. <laughs> Inject <laughs> those those ripcord moments. Yeah. I have herpes. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's that's a Michael moment where he's like rethinking his judgment and the way that he used the thought. Mm-hmm. And I love that he says, you know, I I don't know if I trust Jan's judgment. And Dwight says, Jan knows paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. Michael Michael is. Michael just is totally hard on his sleeve. He thinks with his heart first and his head second. And Jan seems to be the other way around, but they occasionally both go with their gut, which is what leads them together in the first place. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's totally what Michael wants. I mean, that's all proven when he realizes he has this, I have no connection to Astrid. He doesn't feel anything when she's around. And that's, he's sort of like, it's never been clear. Like I need, Holly's the one and whatever I had with Jan was just me chasing something I was never going to have. Well, he decides there's no connection to Astra by holding her baby carrier. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the better montages in the show 
is of um nothing is of michael talking about trying to hold a baby every day and just the interactions of him holding babies oh yes yeah, I know. yeah it's such a great little uh <laughs> series of shots um yeah and then um, i think oh sorry go ahead no 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 good oh well i i do think that it's a good way that jan exits the show so i mean obviously in the whale uh she's trying to make this last sort of um gambit for david wallace like she wanted wallace to be the one who comes in mm-hmm. and tells molly not to use her name um and dwight uh after being coached by the women of the office about how to sell the women uh has to abandon all of that and go back to his instincts and he brings in clark right all that happens yeah but then the very end of the show the last lines that jan gets in the show i think are in um uh couples discount when Andy mm. comes back, surprisingly, and he's just talking to Dwight, like, oh, wow, you made this big sale to Jan. Um, he's like, oh, but you didn't clear this pricing with me. And he calls her, and she says, you're seriously calling me after we signed the deal to gouge me for more money? Well, Nardog, uh, there's a clause that allows me to opt out after 30 days, so I'm going to be exit that. Have Angela send me a final invoice. And that's the <laughs> end of Jan. You know? Yeah. Like, there's something I think that I, I like that she gets to go out on that note where she's like, yeah, I'm done with yes. this. I'm done with one, Dunner Mifflin. Yeah. One yeah. final chop of the axe. Yeah, exactly. I'm taking my business elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I love that she calls him Nardog. That's great. <laughs> well, Nardog. Yeah. Um, any any other? You're murdering the Nardog. Before we move on to trivia, any other favorite moments from Jan? I mean, we talked a lot about Jan and Michael specifically, and, and rightfully so, but there are a lot of great moments where jan is interacting with other characters and like she i think uh karen in the cocktails episode says hey jan she says not good like, <laughs> yeah. jan has a lot of interactions like that um yeah. and she has some good ones with jim too about the transfer and that kind of thing but i just i uh, love that where she's like uh she just kind of steamrolls pam i love that in yeah. that dynamic it's always so funny <laughs> like yeah, and, or the, uh, the, yeah. i mean just the way she treats she does that again in reception when ronnie's there and Ronnie's yeah. like, hi. And she just slaps the thing down. She's like, I need 100 copies of this in Canary Yellow. <laughs> and she's making Serenity by Jan posters. Right. It's not Dunder Mifflin business. No. And she's like, she's just, just like, I'm going to make you do this for me. And I know that you know that you shouldn't. I don't care. <laughs> well, Canary Yellow, go. To tag off of that, what about, she seems to have a good dynamic with Kevin. Hey, Jan, how's the candle game? <laughs> and then uh ask, take good names and then like earlier he, he runs into her at garrity's and oh, they have yeah. a, enough of a conversation where kevin is able to get her to wait for michael to get there well it feels like when they're walking out together right. that they've had oh, yeah, a very buds. fruitful yeah. like yeah like close conversation That's so I, I love that as an unlikely friendship janet kevin yeah although well, he's the father of her child. Child. yeah <laughs> maybe that's right <laughs> he's donated Little to the sperm bank <laughs> By the IHOP. <laughs> that's a that's a deleted scene where it's like you could just let me know personally if you'd like her to have a brother or sister. There's some deep. It's just nice to win one. <laughs> There's some deep memes out there about Kevin being Ashton Kutcher being Astrid's father. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's not Astrid Kutcher. Kevin <laughs> Malone. There you go. <laughs> um, no, just I think after this episode, Jan is one of my favorite characters in the office. She is like, oh my god, like she's very well acted. Like her part is really interesting. Like yeah. the way she comes in and out of the show is is kind of mm-hmm. cool. You know, uh, I just I what a great character. I think she she's does. Also, the only other person kind of on the same wavelength as Dwight in terms of we need characters that take this seriously, that take take the job, take the company very seriously. Mm-hmm. And so she's sort of a desperate, like, you You need that other, like, Dwight does a lot of that, but Jan comes in as, like, the hammer a lot of times to bring that to the show. Definitely. That's a great, I mean, that's a great dynamic, too, when he appeals to her in the coup, and she just kind of absorbs it, and then he's like, Michael, <laughs> I just had an interesting conversation with one of your employees. <laughs> like, she does not budge when Dwight comes at her sawing his waffles in half. Yeah. Speaking of her interacting with other characters, that entire interaction with Dwight is so fabulous. Mm-hmm. There's an Ann Taylor outlet near here. Where is it? <laughs> it's officially not your job. All those phone conversations. Yeah. Uh, Dwight, let me tell you, you are not a manager of anything. Well, that's not entirely true. Michael put me in charge of picking the new health care plan. And then the tag to that episode, <laughs> when Michael is failing to improv and everyone walks out the door, Dwight just says, uh, Jan, Jan wants you to call her. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, can I just finish with this? There's a paragraph about her on Dunderpedia that's nice, just really nice. 
and I'd like to finish it with this. Uh, starts with what she drives. She initially drives a Volvo S80 and trades it in with Michael Sebring for a shared Porsche Boxster. Uh, she smokes in stressful situations and indulges in self-destructive tendencies with poor judgment in spite of her inherent competence <laughs> and professional <laughs> attitude. She demonstrates the strong and often fetishist sexuality, which sometimes intimidates <laughs> Michael, such as when revealed in women's appreciation appreciation that Jan does not always abide by their safety word foliage. It is implied that she may have taken the virginity of her assistant Hunter, of whom Michael is jealous. That was nice. Wow. Yeah. That uh that covers a lot. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's well, just the bad stuff, but what a what a resume. Good job, Jan. Yeah. Well there you have it. Jan Levinson. Uh fabulous, fabulous character. Uh, let's uh, move on to trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. All right. This week's trivia was sent to us by Tristan out in Tennessee. Uh, Tristan says, I tried to make this one tough, but I threw in a couple funny, easier ones as well. Uh, this trivia is based on Money Part 1, okay. Season 4, oh. Episode 7. Oh. All right. Question 1. My fave. Uh, Dwight says that TripAdvisor is the lifeblood of the agritourism industry. A couple of bad reviews, that, and you may as well close up shop. That's what took down the blank. Stock in. And, the cutest and, little celery farm you ever did see. Yeah. <laughs> asparagus farm, but oh, very asparagus. good. As Those very who can't good. farm, farm celery. Those who can't farm, yeah. farm celery. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Question two. In the parking lot, Dwight is handing Angela items that she had left at his farm. This oh, is after they man. are broken up. What items does he hand her? There are three. Glasses? Nope. Toothbrush. No. A little figurine? No. Cat collar. I'm going to say... Car- sleeping cardigan. That is one. Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, Hang on now. A book? No. Sleeping cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm about to give it I, to you. I can't think of any others. All right. One cardigan, one sleeping cardigan, oh. <laughs> and one sleep apnea mask. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Question three. Dwight says he is relieved that he and his girlfriend have broken up. It gives him the chance to sow his wild oats, rewarded to him from family tradition after having sex with another female. What does Dwight say you can do with said oats? You can plant them. Okay. You can make oatmeal. Anything you want. Those are your oats. Yeah. Uh, you, it, I'll, yeah, I'll give it to you. You can use those oats to make oatmeal, bread, whatever you want. I don't oh, care. You They're go. your oats. Uh, question four. How many names do Jim and Pam come up with for Shroot Farms, and what are they? Well, yeah, let's just give up, come up Ooh, with Radish Inn. Yeah. Radish Inn, yeah. Beats Motel. Yep. Embassy Beats. Embassy Beats. Yep. Um, and then the one that Jim comes up with, which is... Um... Oh, man. It's not as good. Beats Hotel? Yeah, he just says Borscht Hotel. Borscht Hotel. Borscht and she's hotel. like, eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, question five. Shroot Farms has three rooms, which all have different themes. What are the themes? Irrigation, nighttime, America. Nice. How long has Moe's been having nightmares? Ever since the storm. <laughs> Why did... century is this? <laughs> Why did Jan say she didn't go to yoga? I just didn't. Did, I just didn't. Yeah, yeah you drive. It. I had too much wine. Like <laughs> uh, if she gets there and says, "You drive." I had too much wine. I know. Yeah, I know. She drove there. there. Yeah. Well, the car is kind of parked sideways. Like she just really just <laughs> yeah. didn't care about a spot. Veered off that's, of the road. I think that's that's the all time low for Jen. Yes, that scene. Yes, I've talked about that before. But the glare she gives the camera is my favorite Jan moment as she circles the car <laughs> and she gets a little too close to the camera. It's like, well, it's improv. Why don't you just pretend you have a car? Yeah, uh, I just didn't. <laughs> Question I eight. Get that. I should have had that drop ready. I apologize. That's, <laughs> That's a good all one. right. <laughs> Question eight. The morning of Michael's PowerPoint presentation, four characters yawn when Michael walks into the office. Who are they? And in oh. what order do they yawn? Oh, wow. Pam, then Jim. Then Michael. Then Mike. No, then Dwight, then Michael. It's Pam, then Michael, then Jim, then Dwight. Ah. I don't even know what this is referring to. I can't remember for some reason. Well, they it's all have a long they, night. They were all up the night before. Right. Michael was doing his second job. Jim and Pam were at the farm. Oh, Dwight yeah, that's right. Them at the farm. 
That's right. Somewhere that's right. during a table making demonstration, Moe's is yawning too. He also had a long yeah. night. <laughs> uh, all right, two, uh, one more question here. Oh, no, no. Two more questions. Okay. Michael opens PowerPoint for the first time, and PowerPoint's estimated time to update says 12 minutes. With that information, Michael tells everyone it should take how long to update? One or two minutes. Or five, five or minutes. ten. Five or ten minutes. Yeah, okay. uh, uh, finally, PowerPoint. question ten. PowerPoint. PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of Michael's boss at the Lipofedrin Diet Pill Company? Nick Figaro. Yeah, Nick Figaro. Mr. Figaro. Nice work. Guys, and nice work. Tristan, thank, thank you, you so Tristan. much for sending in that trivia. If you would like to send us trivia, you can. Email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. You can also call us and leave us a message. We love to play them on the show, 503-694-9314. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash michaelscott. You can become a Scott's Tot for five bucks a month. And Mm -hmm. you can influence what we talk about now. We're going to start polling uh, the Scott's Tots and seeing what they want to hear. most this month, too, uh, we'll do our first playlist post on there where we're each going to share things we read, listened, and watched. Um, as if you know, because you don't need other content than our podcast, but if you do, <laughs> or you want to recommend it to someone else, uh, we'll have this for you as well. Yep. Also, uh, you are probably already saw this because you already subscribed to our show or saw our feed, but we did release Biscuits with the Boss, a four part podcast about Ted Lasso, Edwin's brainchild. We had a lot of fun. Um, and season two comes out. Will have already come uh, out by the time this comes out. Will yeah. have already come out. So watch Ted Lasso. Listen along. It's only four episodes. Our podcast. The show is ten episodes. But a little shout out. A little shout out to that sideshow. Yes, indeedy. That was a fun day, and hopefully we'll need to revisit season two at some point. But yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, hey, but thank you for listening. Uh, we really truly appreciate everyone listening, interacting with us, uh, for voting. Uh, on this yeah. episode topic, which is super cool. It's fun to get that that insight from people about what they want to hear from us. Um, and, you know, just uh, just thank you again. We really appreciate it. How Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Poppy, give me this yes, yes, Talk to you later, Jan. Stealing kisses from me on the slide. Taking time to make time. Telling me that he's all mine. Learning from each other's knowing. Looking to see how much we've grown at. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.